All right. So, before we go further, let's just recap what we concluded with yesterday. It says in the customs of the Maharil that the reader has to raise his voice when he gets up to the words, and that on that night the king's sleep was disturbed. And we learned that the reason why that's the part he raises his voice is because that's the high point of the story. That's when the um, main miracle happened. And our question was, why is that considered the main miracle? And our answer that we gave is that what's unique about that part of the story is that the king is not just the king Achashverosh, it's referring to the king of the world, it's referring to Hashem. And Hashem's sleep is, so to speak, disturbed. What does that mean? So we learned at length the, the idea of sleep what it means in our lives, what it means in heaven, and the gist of it is, is that when you are asleep, all of your energies ascend to their source, and so two things happen. To your body, there's a state of concealment, but to your soul energies, they're in a state of elevation, they're in a state of rejuvenation, they're revitalized, and more, they're, they, they ascend to a place where there's no distinction between one and the other, as they were before the soul entered the body, the, all the soul powers were within the essence of the soul, and they weren't they weren't um, separated from each other. And in a similar way, when the um, exile begins, it's a, sti- it's a state of sleep, and the Jewish people are it's, it's not noticeable there how they are um, uh, have a special relationship with Hashem, and Hashem um, shows them this 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 um, unique relationship, this unique bond, this unique assistance, and instead the opposite happens as an exile. And th- th- this is because it, there's, an e- there's an elevation of all the divine energies to their source, to the infinite light of Hashem. And just like the soul energies, when they ascend to their source, they are experiencing something higher, so too the Jewish people, as we are viewed from the purview of, of um, the infinite light of Hashem, the Ur Ha'atzi, the light of Hashem's essence, our virtue is even greater. Our virtue is even more enhanced. But that's what's happening in a higher world that's not happening here. What we want to happen is, is that this, this higher, um, deeper relationship we have with Hashem, which is not just um, as it is in the world of Atsilas, where things are an orderly way, where things are analogous to, to being awake, um, so things are good. What we want to happen is that, no, that even more than that, that the higher revelation of our relationship with Hashem, the higher uh, connection we have with Hashem, as is seen from the purview of the Ur in the light of Hashem's essence, we want that to be revealed in this world. And that's what happened in the story of Purim, that on that night, during the time of the, story of the, uh, during the, time of the exile, the king, the king of the world, his sleep was disturbed, and it's not like he just reverted to the state that he was before he was awake, but more that there was an a, additional love and and miracle and salvation stemming from the essence of Hashem's light that's beyond the way things were during the time of Beis HaMikdash. But everything that happens in heaven comes from what we do. So what did we do to cause this? So we learned that there's something that we do that's analogous to waking up from sleep. What is that? That's Mesiris Nefesh. Because when you have Mesiris Nefesh, you have, when, you, when you accept to give yourself over to Hashem, and especially in a scenario like in the story of Purim where they had to, get their, they had to um, give their lives to Hashem for an entire year. They, they, they put themselves on the, on the line and they said, we're ready to 
um, we, we're, we are Jewish and we're keeping Torah mitzvahs even though anyone who was Jewish uh, was automatically on the, um, the wanted list and automatically sentenced to death and they could have opted out any time yet it didn't enter their mind for a moment that they wanted that, that they were going to consider giving up their Jewishness their Jewishness was um, um, something that that they didn't, they didn't they were ready to die rather than lose it so then Mesir's Nefesh so Mesir's Nefesh means as we learned yesterday Mesir's Nefesh is as the Friedrich Rebbe says this is the way it has to be it can't be any other way Mesir's Nefesh means not that you actually just make a decision but that there is no other option so every other soul power has options. Every other soul power has back and forth. Every other soul power has a parallel um, soul power that, that contends with it. Just like there's, there are holy soul powers, there are also the opposite of the, whole, of the holy soul powers. There's intellect and holiness, there's feelings of holiness, and even within them, um, forget about the, 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 the uh, parallel animal soul, but forget about that, even within the, the uh, soul itself, the fact that it's a specific kind of soul power it has a beginning and has an end it has a demarcation of what it is and what it isn't that itself means that there's a limit to how far it goes so Mesiris Nefesh which is that there is no option as in the words of the Alter Rebbe a Jew does not want and cannot sever his bond with Hashem that is not um, possible from the perspective of any other soul power any other soul power it, it, there, there's this, it's how it starts and how it finishes Mesiris Nefesh is, is infinite so when we exhibited this devotion to Hashem what we were really doing was we reached into our deepest self and that's why it elicited and it caused a response in Hashem that Hashem also revealed His deepest self His Er Ha'atzi, the light of His essence okay, that's what we learned yesterday but um, and unlike in sleep we added a point, unlike in sleep when you go to sleep so, so your soul powers ascend to their source and there's nothing happening here. Unlike that, in the story of Purim, we're acting, we're walking, we're moving, we're living with Messias Nefesh. We're not just um, um, dying at the stake, but this is influencing and affecting our, our lives. Our devotion to Hashem is affecting our decisions that we're making in this world. It wasn't just a, as we'll learn today, it wasn't in, in, in the revelation of the essence of the soul, in the revelation of, of, um, of our devotion to Hashem, there are two different kinds of ways. One way is, is the essence of your soul is revealed, and and you um, the rest of you is not affected. The rest of you is not affected. It, it's it's like Dr. Ressman's McDonald's story, where he was deeply affected, but but uh, but it, let's go to McDonald's. Um, and then there is, and that's why when they served the cheeseburgers, you were so deeply affected right away. Like okay, we're not we're not doing this anymore. So. There was definitely a deep effect in the first scenario when let's go to McDonald's, but it wasn't it didn't surface in, in, in every um, facet of your life because it was it was something deeper. Then there's a higher kind of, of of connection which happened later, which was that this this experience of the essence of the soul, this this connection that you felt that Hashem, that Hashem rescued you and, and that, that you're here, that that connection was manifest in your day-to-day, in what you did, and what you walked around, with, and, how you, and how you felt, and how you worked, and, 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 and you learned more about Torah, and, and it brought, you brought it down into your life. So, what happened in the story of Purim? In the story of Purim, it wasn't just that they, that they um, acted with Messias Nefesh one time, but it, it affected all of their, their other soul powers. All, all, all of the other soul powers were, um, were 
illuminated by this devotion to Hashem. It wasn't just that they acted with Messias Nefesh. Yes, I just mentioned that. They, yeah, it wasn't like when you go to sleep where things are just in, happening in some higher space, but in, in, your, in, your, in your sleep, but they acted with Messias Nefesh, that the soul, that the essence of the soul affected their lives, affected their decisions. Now we're going to learn it wasn't just their decisions. It wasn't just a momentary decision. It was something that really um, permeated every part of their experience. But before we go further, let me just add one, one line to this. There is... Um, there's a, a talk that the Rebbe gave about three times Jewish people were counted. L'chaim, l'chaim, v'rach. Jewish people were counted three times. The Torah says, they counted nine times altogether, the tenth time Mashiach will come, but the, the, this talk, the Rebbe highlights three particular times the Jewish people were counted, and he says that, the Torah says the reason Hashem counts us is to show Hashem's love for us, to show how much He cares for us. It's to reveal our preciousness. So, and the language of Rashi is, um, he counts them all the time. And the Rebbe asks, that's not all the time, it was only nine times in history, what's the meaning of he counts them all the time? And the, the, sh- the short answer is that when you count many things and you give each of them a number, what you're doing is you're saying they all have a common denominator. They all have something that they have in common. So when you count the Jewish people, you're not counting them all the same because of their their um, intellect. It's not because they all were accepted to Harvard equally. Therefore, you're counting them all. Oh, these are all the, the new students in Harvard. We're counting all the Jewish people equally because of the essence of the soul. So we all have that deeper part of our soul, and that's why we have the potential to go our lives for Hashem. But what happened is when Hashem counted us, or something more, it says in Tanya that a Jew would rather um, give his life rather than sever his bond with Hashem, even though we could do tshuva later. Although you're not supposed to do this, you can't say, I'm going to sin now, do tshuva later. And if you do, if you say that Hashem doesn't let you do tshuva, Hashem doesn't allow you to do tshuva. But the Gemara says the words, um, uh, the Gemara says, Hashem doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make it easy for you. But the Alter says, if you push, you really try hard, even if you say, I'm going to sin, do tshuva later, it's not impossible to do tshuva. So here you have the situation where you're faced with either living or not living, and you could make a, why, why use a permanent solution to temporary problem? The Gentiles here with, with the knife right now bow to the idol now for a moment, and later you'll do tshuva. And even though it doesn't matter, you can't, but it doesn't tell you that if you push, try hard, you could. So why not, why not uh, just try hard? Why, why use a temporary, a permanent solution for a temporary problem? The Gentiles here now is not going to be here tomorrow. You're going you're gonna, to you're bow down to the idol. Now you'll run away. And you'll be able to live like a Jew for the rest of your life. Why, doesn't that, why is that an option for a Jew? So the Alter Rebbe says, because the connection a Jew has to Hashem is beyond time. And therefore a moment is like forever. A moment is, is considered to a Jew as, 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 as something that, that's forever. Not just something which is just temporary. It's considered something that that is, that is infinite. So the infinite bond that a Jew has with Hashem that existed before Hashem counted us, um, when Hashem counted us, it became, it became revealed. It became revealed in a way that a, a moment mattered. Before Hashem counted us, a moment didn't matter. It was something deep in our soul that was connected to Hashem, but it didn't affect our time. It didn't affect our time in this world. When Hashem counted us, 
be revealed in Hashem in a way that in a situation where there is a, sep- a temporary separation from Hashem, it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable in, throughout history, throughout the many, many times that the Gentiles tried to force the Jews to, keep, to reject their Judaism. And, and unfortunately, hundreds and thousands of Jews throughout history always, no matter who they were, they always opted I'm not going to separate from Hashem even for a moment. This is all a result of Hashem counting us. Okay. So what did the Hashem count us three times? See is this. Even when the Neshama is revealed, there are three different kinds of experiences. Even when your Neshama is revealed, you are saved from a car crash, something happened to you, your Neshama is shining, there's three different kinds of experiences. One kind of experience is, is the McDonald's experience. Yes, Hashem saved me, and that was so amazing, and I'm so touched, and I'm so connected, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I uh, really, really uh, appreciate that. That's one way. So it doesn't really affect what you're doing. Another way is, oh my gosh, I'm going to get a new kitchen, I'm going to get a, 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 a new bathroom, just in case if I ate the non-kosher food, who knows, if the, 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 my bathroom is still kosher, right? Whatever. Just kidding. Anyway, so, uh, so that, but, but you're, you're on this, this road where you feel like you have to give more to Hashem, and you feel your neshama and your body are, um, are uh, you feel your neshama is like, is like a visitor. Like you feel you're being, as if, I don't want to use the word possessed, it's not that bad, but you feel like it's not you. You feel like you, feel like you have to do more, you have to do more, you feel, you feel your neshama is, is getting involved in your life. That's, one, that's a second scenario. And a higher and third scenario, represented by the third time Hashem counted Jewish people, is that your neshama, the essence of your soul, and your individuality and your, your, your persona, your intellect, your feelings, your behavior, your ideology, your emotions, your character are all mesh. They all are completely in sync with your soul. So you think the same way your soul does. So like, so like you, um, you decide to check your mezuzahs God forbid, when, when there is a, a burglary, because your mind right away goes there. Your mind right away says, oh, there was a, there was a burglary. I need to check my mezuzahs. Thank you. No problem. No, no. You know, it's no problem. Okay. No problem. So, um, so, 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 um, so in the third scenario, your soul, your essence of your soul and who you are are completely one. And this is analogous to what happened in the story of Purim. Let's read inside. Understand this in more detail. This idea of the essence of the soul being revealed. We'll understand this exactly how this worked according to what is known. The, the perfection of devotion of Messir's Nefesh is when this devotion that comes from the deepest part of your soul is drawn down and influences your persona. It influences your your specific soul powers. But with all your heart, with all your soul, that also those specific um, parts of you, of each power, your 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 heart, your soul, that every part of it is in a way of absolute devotion to Hashem. It's beyond limitations. It's beyond limitations. Your heart is serving Hashem beyond limitations. Not just that you're ignoring your heart and ignoring your soul, but your heart and soul are also in, in line with this Yechida and are also devoted to Hashem beyond limitations. 
And this sacrifice happened by all the Jewish people, from, as it says in the Megillah, from young to old, children and women. These, these details are on the surface are just describing who was involved. But there's this deeper meaning to this. What this means is that there was, there was something different in every part of every Jew. There's a young, there's a child in every Jew. There's a woman in every Jew. There's an elder in every Jew. There's a child. There, there's a young. There's a youth in every Jew. That every part of every Jew um, was also in a state of sacrifice. Another occasion I was speaking about the miracle, the previous Shabbos salvation from prison, and how the there were three people present when he was freed. There was a child. It was a twelve-year-old child. Did a handstand on a fence to show how excited he was. There was a genius uh, chassid whose name was um, remember his name in a second. No, yeah, Pini Altez, I think. Yeah, and there's another chassid, Chol Dvarkin, who was average. And Michal Dvarkin took a a sodka. He took this huge bottle of vodka. He didn't drink it, but he picked it up. He started dancing. There's no one higher than Hashem. And this Rabbi Altois, he also was completely affected by this scenario, and his face turned red and turned white. So all of them were different people. And they're different personas, and they all were affected by this miracle in different ways. This revelation of the essence of the soul had a different effect on them. The child does a headstand. The the average intelligent guy dances, and the genius his face changes colors. So when the previous ever was redeemed, he, he wrote a letter and he says, "My redemption is not just for me, but it's also for those who love the Torah, also those who cherish mitzvahs, and also those who, who are nicknamed Jews." Nebuchadnezzar said these three personas that were present are analogous to these three people the previous Rebbe describes in the letter and his redemption, his freedom. Freedom is about Mesir Snefesh, but going all the way. We think Mesir Snefesh is like, you know, being encumbered, being forced. But Mesir Snefesh is actually absolute freedom. The Yerusham is fully expressed. You're going all the way. So how do you... So the previous Rebbe said my redemption is in a way that everyone's freed, which also means every part of us is freed. The child part of us is freed. The part of us which is in, in, in involved in think, thinking only about the mundane is freed. Our eating and drinking is also free that we're able to, to eat and drink in a way that Jew is meant to eat and drink. Our, our, our uh, adult is freed. Our genius is freed. Our mind is freed. So every part of the Jew was freed by the previous Rebbe's redemption. Similar we're saying over here by, by the story of Purim, who was saved? Who was who, the, the young and old, children and women? Every part of the Jew was was illuminated with this infinite devotion to Hashem that comes from the deepest part of the soul. That's also um, alluded to what the previous Rebbe mentioned in the discourse that they had sacrificed for an entire year. What's the emphasis of the entire year? Throughout the year, there are all the changes of seasons. Next page, the Esther It says in in the Chassidus discourses about Sukkot that the unique quality of an Esrik is an Esrik not just endures all six seasons. Esrik stays in the tree for all six seasons, but it thrives from all the six seasons. An Esrik is compared to Esther. Because es- an Esther is, is connected to the sphere of Malchus, the sphere of sovereignty, and that was what Esther was about, sovereignty, the Queen Esther. So, so they had this sacrifice 
for an entire year and they were functioning like the Esedic no matter what was going on in every season oh next week wow that is an Esedic I never saw an Esedic that big wow look at that okay so this is Californian <laughs> new breed of Esedic so just like the Esedic is, is, is on the tree the entire year and it's, it's not just suffering through each season, but thriving through each, through each season. And so to the Jewish people, throughout the year, in every period of the year, there's a different way of serving Hashem. And every day of every season has a unique way to serve Hashem. As it says in the Talmud, every day has its job. And why were they able to have this devotion to Hashem throughout the year? That means, so, so, on the surface, the previous Rebbe was saying, no matter what was going on, whether, whether it was time, time to celebrate Passover, whether it was time to celebrate Yom Kippur, whatever way it was, they were, all, they were fully there, they were fully present, they were fully devoted. But the Rebbe says, based upon what we said till now, we could add another point to this. It's not just, it's not just that they, um, it was every single specific thing they had to do, the specific holidays they had to do, but more that all the changes, the word, the word, um, All of the, all of the specific things that everyone had to do every single day, all the different um, uh, experiences in everyone's day, not just not just showing up and doing the right thing, but even the different parts of yourself, even your mind and your heart and your feelings and your 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 your, your, your soul powers were all in the, the word year is emphasizing the change different parts of every person, that every part of every person was in a state of devotion to Hashem. And this is what caused the king's sleep to be disturbed, that by their devotion to Hashem throughout this year, and their devotion shining in every part of themselves, this also caused in heaven a similar thing, that the light, which is beyond the spiritual cosmos, that light the king's sleep was disturbed it was brought down just like they didn't just have sacrifice for a moment but they brought it down into themselves so too the king's sleep was disturbed and what did the king say when he was sleep was disturbed bring me the royal chronicles what are the chronicles about? chronicles about time the, um, it was brought down into time it was brought down into the actual city of Shushanabira in the simple sense um, in the time of exile this light of Hashem the light of Hashem's essence was brought down into the Royal Chronicles, into time, and it was written in the Royal Chronicles, in the simple sense, meaning that it was something that was down to earth in the physical way, that they saw the miracle of Purim, something happened in the physical world. What caused that? The Jewish people also, they exhibited this devotion to Hashem down to earth in what they were doing, while they were walking their dog, and while they were eating breakfast, and while they were going on the internet, whatever they were doing, there was, and, and not every part of themselves, while they were thinking, and their thoughts and their feelings were all illuminated and permeated with this, with this, um, with this mysterious nefesh. Um, you have to listen to the story I shared with the Shabbos. The previous Rebbe spoke about this chassid, who, um, his name was Elia Beller. And for 30 years, he lived with one teaching, Rebbe Marash. Rebbe Marash said to him, Elia, you go in the marketplace, and when we go in the marketplace, you share with another Jew a teaching from the Talmud, you share with him a story. And 
it, and, and you inspire a person to learn more. You inspire a person to learn more of the real parts of Torah, the inner parts of Torah. It causes a joy in heaven. And that joy in heaven, Hashem repays with blessing, with children, with parnasa, with a livelihood, with, with health. And He said, I'm jealous of you. Because the greater the marketplace, the more, the more there is to do. So the previous Rebbe said, this Rebellion, for 30 years, he told the previous Rebbe, every single day I remember what the Rebbe said. Every, and he said, he said, the previous Rebbe said you could see in his face that it was worth being alive for 30 years just to be able to fulfill his purpose in the world, which was he shared with every person he met this teaching that Marash. He inspired so many people to learn and to... That's what it's about, about bringing it out in a revealed way, in a down-to-earth way. Not just, you know, theoretically. But Amen. All right, a great day to observe. Sounds good. I know you're walking your dog now. <laughs> Did you His name right. is Coffee. <laughs> How do I send it? In principle, I have it. Oh, you do. I'll send you these pictures.